Okay, everybody, welcome back to Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. We had a lot of exciting NBA games yesterday. The quadruple header, first day of the playoffs. And boy, was it exciting. So let's get into the game recap. The first game of the day, the Nuggets versus the Jazz. The Nuggets won 135-125. The one-two punch of Jamal Murray and, and Jokic, the Joker, was just too much for the Jazz to handle in the fourth in overtime. Donovan Mitchell, 57 points on 19 of 33 shooting. 13 of 13 from the foul line. Donovan Mitchell put the team on his back, but it just wasn't enough for the Utah Jazz. For the Nuggets, Murray finished with 36 points, 9 assists. Jokic, 29 points, 10 rebounds. Mike Conley missed the game due to the birth of his son. So they were down a player, but Donovan Mitchell took. He tried everything possible. The man could not miss from the field. Unfortunately, the Jazz still lost. Mike Conley for the Jazz missed the game due to the birth of his son. So imagine if he could come back for game two. Maybe they put the Jazz back. Maybe Donovan Mitchell doesn't have to do so much. Okay, the next game, Raptors and Nets. Raptors beat the Nets 134-110. It really wasn't even close the whole game. Fred Van Vliet, little baby Drake's brother there, 30 points, 11 assists, 8 of 10 from the three-point land. Dude was just on file. Kyle Lowry finished with 16 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. He shot 3 of 14 overall. He had a bad shooting night, but... Raptors still win. Ibaka also finished with 22 points, 7 rebounds. And for the Nets, Levert, 15 points, 15 rebounds. Allen, 15 points, 12 rebounds. The Nets really didn't even have a shot in this game. Game 3 on the day, the Boston Celtics outlast the 76ers and win 109-101 behind Tatum's 32 points, 13 rebounds. Jalen Brown also had 29 points, 6 rebounds. And Kevin Walker finishes with 19 points, 5 assists. For the Sixers, Joel Embiid had a big game, finishes with a double-double, 26 points, 16 rebounds. Josh Richardson, 18.6 rebounds. And Alec Burks, also for the Sixers, finished with 18 points and 6 rebounds. And for the final game of the night, the Clippers topped the Mavs 118-110. to For the Mavs, Luka Doncic finished with 42 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, but also had 11 turnovers. Porzingis finishes with 14 points, 6 rebounds. Hardaway Jr., 18 points, 6 rebounds. The Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, 29 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. Paul George took over the fourth quarter. He finishes with 27 points. Nine of them came there in the fourth. And Morris finishes with 19 points, 6 rebounds. One of the big takeaways from the game, Porzingis ejected in the third quarter for picking up his second tentacle foul. There was a little altercation there with Luka Doncic and Morris. Porzingis stepped in, did a little push. It did not warrant an ejection whatsoever. Well, that's what happened. Potentially costing the Mavs a chance at the game. It took away the rim defender and it, and also another score. So Luka Doncic had to do more. Harwitz is resulting into 11 turnovers. But those 42 points were a playoff debut career high. But also those 11 turnovers were very, very costly and also an NBA career high. Okay, now we're getting some injury news surrounding football here. Big team, the Dallas Cowboys defensive tackle, Gerald McCoy, to have season-ending surgery. He ruptured his right quadriceps tendon during practice on Monday. The first full practice in pads. The guy goes down, unfortunately. He signed a three-year, $18 million deal in the offseason. He was part of that 
big rebuild on defensive line the Cowboys were trying to do. You know, they added Alvin Smith, Don Terry Poe, and Everson Griffin, and also Jeremy McCoy. Unfortunately, he will have season-ending surgery after rupturing his right quadriceps tendon during practice on money. The Cowboys already dealing with the injuries. You know, they signed a lot. There's a lot of veterans there. Alan Smith hasn't played in a very long time as well due to suspensions and stuff. Everson Griffin's a good pickup on Terry Poe. They signed the veterans, but this is kind of what you get probably when you sign the veterans. Will make a difference to help Demarcus Lawrence on that defensive line. We'll see you when the season resumes. Also in baseball, John Carlos Stanton had his, you know, you know, been reevaluated there, you know, on the injured list. They call it nowadays. I still have a hard time calling it the IL. Someone call it the, you know, disabled list, but it's injury list. What else is new about John Carlos Stanton and the Yankees? Last year, he only played in 18 games during the regular season. Now he's already back on the IL. He got reevaluated and he's diagnosed with a left hamstring strain recovery time about four weeks. Now he was batting 293 with three home runs, 70 RBIs in 14 games this year. And he's already back on the IL. I remember when he was on the Marlins and they gave him that huge contract. I was like, wow, the Marlins are actually paying somebody. But it was just the wrong kind of contract for the team. They had to blow everything up like they usually do. And the Yankees have eaten up millions and millions and millions of dollars on his contract. And in the last couple of years, he just cannot stay healthy at all. He's 30 years old now. He can opt out after the 2020 season. I bet the Yankees were probably hoping maybe he would do that. But with this amount of money, there's no way in chance that John Carl Stan would opt out of this deal. He is he's still on that. He still has six years left on a 13-year deal, 325 million. Yankees will owe him 235 million to be absent after the season. I want to jump back into the game last night, the Clippers and Mavs, and this poor Zingus ejection. It was the most ludicrous ejection I've probably ever seen in an NBA game. You know, the first technical, he was this, he like literally just punched the air. He was upset about a call. It was a horrible call that went against him. He had a clean block on a shot. He like literally punched punched the air. That was all he did. And the second one, all he did was it was an exchange between Luka Doncic and Morris. And Morris was just grabbing his arm after the whistle. He was holding it. And Luca just says, you know, get off me. And that was about it with that. And Porzingis just came in between the pole and just pushed him out of the way. And that was basically it. And they accessed technical fouls to both Morris and Doncic. And then they accessed one of the Porzingis. And that was the second technical. So they got him out of the game. It was absolutely ludicrous. And it just went against the Mavs. You know, this went against him because now you're down to one star. And that's part of the reason why Doncic just tried to do everything himself. 11 turnovers really did not help the cause. And that just gave the Mavs just no chance down the stretch. It took away the rim protector, took away another score, another guy to get some boards. So, I like that move. Like, how as an NBA referee, and can you access him that tentacle foul in that type of situation? Nothing happened. They're so soft nowadays in the NBA. There's one. They're all flopping. They're all jawing at each other. You can hear everything. But the biggest thing is, like, 
Why make that? Why even ask that? Why even call tentacles on any of them? That was just a, you know, people, that's what you do. That's what you do. You just have a little kind of altercations here and there. You're jawing back and forth. There's no fans in the building. So you can hear every single thing these players are saying. And that's probably why they're getting a little, you know, accessing these technical fouls. And they're all like, oh, you know, whatever. But to me, that just was uncalled for. And it cost the Mavericks down the stretch of that game because Paul George took over, hit a three, hit a couple of late good shots. Same with they, you know, they did no answer down the stretch really because they all keyed in on Luka. They don't they don't have the bench like the Clippers do. The Clippers are so deep, and that's part of the reason why they have the best chance to win the national championship because they're just really really deep. And Kawhi's got a little sidekick; he doesn't have to answer. You know, at the end of the game, every time Paul George can do it, and he did it last night. That's a big reason why the Clippers won, aside from that Porzingis ejection. That really helped as well. Let's get into today's matchups now. I'm loving these matchups, aside from the first one. At 130, Orlando, Milwaukee. Milwaukee may sweep them. Or maybe get maybe Orlando can get one, but I'm calling for a sweep. In this round, in this round's matchup, 130 Milwaukee versus Orlando. At 4 o'clock, we got Miami and Indiana. 6.30, we got OKC and Houston. And at 9 o'clock, we got Portland and the LA Lakers. Miami, Indiana. We all know the bad blood between TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler called the beef dead a few days ago, so... But this is going to be a great matchup. I'm loving this matchup because we all know the beef isn't dead. We all know the beef isn't dead at all. In the last uh, regular season matchup, Jimmy Butler made it his agenda to stop T.J. Warren. He held him to 12 points and zero points in the second half. We'll see if that can keep up. Hey, if you haven't looked, check down my NBA bracket. I got the Miami Heat winning it all. Just a little FYI there. If you haven't checked it out, I got the Miami Heat winning it all facing the Clippers in the finals. That is my finals pick. The LA Clippers in the West and Miami Heat coming out of the East. I got Miami Heat facing Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. So that is my bold prediction. Let me know your thoughts about that is. I'm going I'm going with Miami Heat. I'm rolling with them. They got a great three-point shooting. Like they can... They had Giannis's number in the regular season. So I am picking Miami Heat. They're my NBA champions. Just a little FYI. You throw that out there. <laughs> and for this series, I'm picking Miami in six to beat Indiana. And now on to the OKC and Houston. This is another one I got. I got CP3 in this series beating Houston. And this is a big one. This can go six, seven games, too. I think this one can go seven games. I'm picking the Thunder to upset the Rockets. CP3 is going to get his revenge. Because in the offseason, they said, CP3, you're not the answer. We're going to swap you for Russell Westbrook. And that's what they did. So now Houston with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. All those stat lines. All those MVPs. Those triple doubles that they've been putting up are going to get bounced in the first round. That's my other bold prediction. Will it actually happen? 
I hope it kind of, I actually hope it doesn't. But like, you know, Russell Westbrook and James Harden have always had problems when it comes to playoffs. They're notoriously bad in the closing stretches of the games. It's, they were like that, both were like that when they were teammates in the Thunder. James Harden came up short every time. Houston, when James Harden's here by himself, comes up short. They've had many chances to win series. They had a chance to knock off Golden State, and they didn't do it some few years back. And they just come up short in the playoffs. Chris Paul's been the same way with the Clippers team. That Clippers team was the same way, too, with him and Blake Griffin. Came up short, but I just think CP3 and this young Thunder team are on a mission. I think they're going to upset the Houston Rockets. It's going to be a heck of a series. You know it's going to be some testy moments going on in there and I'm picking CP3 to come out on top of this series and also Portland LA Lakers I just love I just like being you know going out on a limb this I love the underdog mentality as well so that's why I got Portland upset in the Lakers and six so that's another crazy bold prediction because I'm gonna love these last three matchups I love today's games a lot more than I'm going to love yesterday's games because these three matchups here is something I'm glad that happened in the first round. I'm really excited about it. So Portland, Dame, CJ McCollum, Mello. You know, they're going to be without Zach Collins in this game. He's going to miss uh, the game one due to the ankle injury. So Nurkis is going to have to play. He cannot get in foul trouble. That is huge for Portland. Nurkis cannot get in foul trouble for them to have a chance in this series. Because the guard play can be there for Portland. One of them has an off game. Dame has an off game. CJ usually has a good one. If CJ is off, Dame usually goes nuts. It's just, are they going to have enough left in the tank? Because they got a little lucky. Getting into the playoffs, Levert for the Nets. If he would have made that shot, Portland wouldn't have even been in the playing game. It would have been Phoenix and Memphis. So they've lucked out a lot a little along the way, along the stretch there. And CJ McCom has a fractured back as well. He's playing with a fractured back. Man, I'm just, I just hope they stay healthy. And, you know, this give them a series. It's going to be an interesting one because the length of the Lakers is what's going to cause Portland problems. Portland does not play the defense needed to really beat the Lakers. They really lack on defense. And I don't know if they're going to have an answer for both LeBron and AD. It's going to be a tough one. But Nurkic... And Whiteside down low are going to have to play really, really big minutes for Portland to have a chance. Okay, now I want to go back to football and talk about this Cam Newton hype train. They had their first practice. Bill Pelichick's out there saying he's looking great. He looks awesome. And this Cam Newton hype train is getting real, guys. He's out there having fun, running around with the wide receivers, talking all the smack, saying it's going to be great. They're catering the playbook to him. It's going to be so many things to do. But who are you going to throw the ball to, Cam? Yeah, still got Edelman there, but nobody else. 
you know, Tom Brady's probably like, man, they would never listen to me. They've been one trying to get rid of me for years. And Cam Newton's over there like, hey, Bill Belichick, man, put in these plays for me to do this. You know, I'm going to go out here and, you know, run these plays, the plays that I love. And, well, Cam, I don't think that's going to happen come regular season. Because this is what leads to my question of the day for everyone. Will Cam Newton be the starter come week one? And I really don't think so. I believe he's going to get injured again, probably. And they're going to start Jared Stidham. I think Bill Belichick probably wants to start Jared Stidham to begin with. They He announced the starters. And this is what he does. Cam Newton and Jared Stidham are co-starters. <laughs> like, come on, Bill. Just do it one time for us. Just one time. Come out and say, hey, this is my starting quarterback. Just come out and say it. Just say, hey, Cam's my starter. Jared Stidham is my starter. Like, why you always got to be so difficult? Why can't you just be like normal for once? Like co-starter, like really co-starter there. Like, come on. Cam Newton will not be the starter come week one. He may cut him and that'll be the greatest thing ever. This to laugh at, but you know, sad for Cam because a lot of people think this, him joining the New England Patriots was the best fit and it'll revitalize his career. You know, get him back to that MVP cam. That was that was a long time ago now. We're getting four or five years removed from MVP cam Newton. I don't think he has all that left in the tank because the roster around cam Newton right now is not very great. Half the team seems like they opted out for the season. All the New England Patriots are opting out. They're they're done. They're done. Because they're done with the whole Bill Belichick and this showing up to work and dealing with all that stuff. They just want to take some time off, spend it with their families. They're done with the Bill Belichick football this year. So for Cam... I don't even know. Like, knowing Bill Belichick, he'll pull a move and, like, cut him. Before the start of the season, there'll be some drastic, crazy thing. And everybody will be like, oh, my goodness. Will it actually happen? Who knows? Probably just keep got to keep somebody on the roster there in New England. But Cam Newton, the hype train is real, man. He's out here. This enjoying life, though. You got to appreciate that. But as a quarterback in the NFL, I always thought Cam Newton was on the decline started a couple years ago, and I just can't see him regaining that form in that offense with the roster surrounding him. Or maybe maybe you know uh, Bill Belichick will just list him as questionable come week one. Maybe let's put him on the injury report and list him as questionable. <laughs> Especially since, you know, there's reports the last few days that Jerry Stidham is the best player in camp, and he is just looking Tom Brady-esque-like. So, it's just going to be this typical New England way. They're not going to tell you anything. They're not even going to tell you who's even on the team. They're going to like they want to switch Cam Newton's number right before the game starts and say, "Hey, this is Cam's new number." I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> 
Okay, everybody, I want to thank you all for joining me again today. Sports Talk from the Crib, your host, Tanner Christian. Head on over to the website there, feeltheheatentertainment.com to get all your daily updates, news, and topics and what's going on in the world of sports today. Thank you all again for joining me. Check out the Instagram as well there at Feel the Heat Entertainment. See you all tomorrow. Peace.